this the Sunday kickback here online, I should say, for the Car Talk. It's me, Matty J, in with Rizzy Ross and Alum Deep Singh. What is happening, gentlemen? Oh, it's we've been missing the main man. That's <laughs> all that's happening. You know, there's a lot of love that's been missing, and that's what's cracking. You know, I've I'm trying hard to uh, to to please everybody and to and to to be better, but uh, as I've been quite ill, you can probably hear it in my you, voice. You uh, didn't get the COVID, did you? No, I had a test. I had a test. No COVID. Even I was in I was in Queensland just over a week ago now, so I was feeling crappy and I and I was like the day I had to fly back. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't feel the best, and I'm like, oh, maybe it's just sinuses. Um, but then I just 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 went into this massive like just pitfall of disgustingness, flu and cold, and I had a had a COVID test negative. <clears throat> um, but but now all good. But getting <clears throat> on the mend, on the mend. That's that's the main thing. Alum, how's it in the the nation's capital? Uh, you say you said you're staying inside because you don't want to get attacked by uh, our pollies at the well, moment. It's so, rowdy pollies and their uh, staffers who are getting paid to harass. I guess paid public <laughs> dollars to harass. Um, yeah, it's quite the situation. Um, as the capital correspondent of Clutchbook. <laughs> no, but yeah, um, just a. Uh, just chilling, making do, uh, getting the old STR ready for the the trip back home for Easter break. Go back Easter break. Uh, how, long, how, long, how long you back for? Um, well, probably the Good Friday and then the the week after that, uh, while I should have off, and probably I'll leave on the Monday again. So, I'm gonna try and make the most of it. Um, yeah, got a few things planned here and there. I think yeah, even. Uh, the main man, Maddie J, will be part of as well. Oh yeah. But yeah, like apart from that, not much. I did actually get a um, if you'll excuse me, Morris. a large, rather large bundle of uh, uh, microfiber. Yeah. I got, I got that brought in. So we've got uh, you know, <laughs> so we've got uh, these are. Uh, so I've decided if I'm going to wash my, the car here. I obviously can't bucket wash traditionally. So I just have a bucket full of these with the wash solution. Uh, these are 70 30 microfiber, quite nice and long. Yeah. These are for uh, buffing off any kind of, uh, uh, we're going to call it last depressions, general pur- purpose. And then we've got glass towels with the waft weave, nice and stiff. Yeah, I hit up a nice business, got it delivered. And yeah. I'm quite happy with this little bundle of microfiber. Oh, yeah. Cleaning products. Well, Alan is, is our cleaning guru. That uh, our car detail hustler. Oh, big time! You've been you've been cleaning up real well for you know for a long time, and you and you and you did the MR two really really nicely. So it still looks a million bucks thanks to you, thanks to you, Mister 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 Alan. Sharon says her EF needs a wash, so. Uh, <laughs> You can you can help her with that. Uh, and Adam Ward from the Podfilter Podcast says, "Hey boys, how you doing, Adam? Good to see you, mate." Rizzy Ross, what's happening with you, man? Oh man, I, what can I say? I'm like the true hustler. I haven't in COVID times. I haven't opened up a car wash yet. <laughs> but having said that, just been um, yeah, just been just been busy, man. Bits and pieces with car lube. Couple of developments there. A couple of things happening in the car industry at the moment, which we'll have a quick squeeze at a bit later yeah. on. But um, 
yeah, overall things have been all right. Trying to trying to stay out of trouble and focus. That's it. Adam's like, so I don't know if you guys saw today, but he blew up the motor in the festy racing it. Um, I'm assuming you would have over revved the crap out of it for that to happen because they are quite a bulletproof little car. Poor little thing. Yeah, probably you're gonna have to tell us more details on how it happened. Uh, Moffat slipped off the clutch, Osifa, and uh, pinged into the red line. I'm yeah. suspecting a misshift, you know, yeah. and uh, some high revs, some bent valves, you know, the whole spiel. What do they call but, it? Uh, the money shift when you go from, from like the uh, money shift, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is uh, that's one of the terms for it. Hopefully, um. I'd, I'd imagine it's not going to be a very costly repair, given it's a festy, but um, it will unfortunately put you out of action. So we look forward to hearing the whole tale from from you, Mr. Ward. So yeah, I think this is a good opportunity for you now to put a Capri, like a, like an XR2 turbo motor or a TX3 turbo engine in there, and it'll fly. So I think that's this is your chance, Mr. Ward. I think I think it's a big big opportunity to, opportunity to do that. Guys, I don't know if you, if you, any of you received a Snapchat from Mr. Tyrone, but he sent me a Snapchat of his friend looking at the new Havals, and he went and had a look at the new Havals, and he's like, they're great value for what they are, fully loaded, um, you know, getting a, getting everything you need for under 50K. It's pre- pretty good. Mm. Uh, quick question. What's a Snapchat? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Boomer Talk. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> Now, Tyrone, the main man, he knows what's going on. Um, they've We're still waiting, s- hello, for that test drive, you know? Well, they've got some new ones coming out, and they they look pretty... Oh, I was looking at one just before. Uh, well, maybe because I came across the article as I was finding my car of the week. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. Their, their design language is uh, approaching, in some ways... To Audi's SUVs, mm. and I don't know what that means for some of the some of the German brands, um, but yeah, it's interesting. I'll share, yeah, I'll yeah. share a link in the chat. So new Havel H6 on sale now. It says two Australian details announced for the Chinese rival for the Rav4, including sharp based pricing. Jeez, uh, they start at thirty, pretty much nigh on thirty one thousand drive away entry level price. Um, so that's actually pretty good, dude. Like, and you're getting 150 kilowatt uh, dual clutch auto, or uh, um, yeah, it's it's, it's quite, they're actually, actually quite look actually looks quite good. Good looking little car. Yeah, they're all. Um, I think design wise, they're doing pretty well. And same with MG and um, LDV with some of their bigger cars. Um, so yeah, he'll be an interesting sort of space to to sort of keep an eye on um given most people can't get a rav4 for six plus months at the moment yeah, absolutely absolutely um i know some people have had to wait for, for a while for their with their rav4 and like they're a nice car but again <clears throat> which we'll get to in a second with the with the industry uh, rizzy ross of what's of what's happening and you know it's 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 telling a tale that's not really coming to an end yet is there is there a stop sale order for super outbacks um, why is that because of the um supply? I'm not 100% sure. Um, this is on a disreputable uh gentleman's YouTube page, 
I'm not oh. really to say who he is. Oh, uh, right, yeah. right. That's right. That's okay. Um, I think from what I understand and seeing what some of the recent owners are saying about them and people that have ordered, I don't think there's an issue. I don't think they've fallen under the same um, category with the chips shortage that's around the place at the moment with most manufacturers unable to get the, the chips to make the computers in the cars. Well, uh, there's a global shortage of that, but I don't think Subaru fell under that. Um, but it's a new model, so um, maybe it's just supply and demand at the moment. It's a good-looking car. It's it's quite a nice car too. It is. The new Outback. It's a beautiful car. I think your brother should look at getting one of those. To be honest with you. Well, I think he's paused on everything else at the moment. I'm, I'm, I I told him to go and have a look at one of those. So we'll just we'll just see, but. Interesting news on the Subaru front. Uh, looks like so. Alan Deep seeing the Chew Hustler. Lucky he's got in his vehicle when he did because it seems that most of the Subaru dealers, I think they're run by Trivet, who is a wholesaler. Yeah. And they've recently come out and said that they'll only do fixed price on their cars across their entire dealerships. So all of the dealerships. In Melbourne, they'll only do fixed pricing on. So um, no negotiations, huh? No negotiations, what they're saying. But, I mean, it's early days. When the market recovers closer to the end of the year, then we'll see. Likewise for Honda. Honda Australia said there's no negotiations, and I think Mercedes is heading down the same path. Honda's been in negotiation for a while now. How's that going for them? From what I can see, they... They're happy to lose 30% of their mark, well, 30% of their sales. So I think, you know, if for the sake of keeping it a profitable business, as they say in Australia, in the Australian market, but I don't know how profitable you're going to be when, you know, SUVs are all the hype. And if companies like Haval and MG that are doing not bad, well, MG is not doing bad at marketing either. So, and they're, selling them cheaper they've got a, a pretty reasonable warranty and they don't have any legacy that you know the hondas have to sort of live up to yeah so you know cheaper nicer looking a bit newer a bit new tech um i don't know i think i think their honda's not doing well at the moment uh riz you had a question from sharon she asks are you into lego masters due to your background uh no i <laughs> i just wanted to be in the outer space with all the things going on Canberra at the moment yeah um so yeah i just thought i'll live in legoland for a bit you know what i'm saying <laughs> so yeah. g- good question sharon good question good question car update well car i guess updates for the for for what's going on so so riz you were saying at the start of the show um, big, big, big talks about what's what's going on. What is happening, man? Um, what are we What are we getting ourselves into? What can we look forward to to the future? Um, Hyundai and Kia, um, they sort of, I guess, work together on a lot of their models. I think they're sort of the same company. Yeah, they are. Um, so they, you know, when Hyundai releases something, Kia is going to release something shortly, and the 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 mass market electric cars that they're coming out with are going to be quite interesting because whether you know whether us car enthusiasts like it or not that is what's 
the market will be flooded with from every manufacturer in the next three to five years. Yeah. And they're sort of ahead of the curve with some of the stuff that they're introducing. Um, I'd go as far as they're probably um, out of any of the normal car companies, apart from Tesla, they're probably the only ones that are producing cars that are quite a few years ahead of the rest of the pack. So they're releasing these um, two models. Hyundai is, uh, I think it's called Ionic, Ionic, five and Kia's got an um an EV6 they call it these cars look radical they're sort of hatchback SUV sort of models look more like a hatchback to me they'll be landing before the end of this year in Australia and they've got uh, I think over 500 kilometers in range Um, and if you connect them to the superchargers they can they can charge i think they can give you 100 100 odd kilometers in under 10 minutes that's pretty if, good which is not bad given you know what what the electric car tech is like at the moment so there's that that's happening we've spoken about honda we've spoken about some dealers going across fixed pricing and this is probably something that um it hasn't even been officially announced yet but the the fellows that were running car advice launched a new publishing business, an online publishing business called car expert, which we might've seen some articles from. And apparently they have opened what they call an experience center you see that, yeah. in Sydney. Um, now they reckon it's, you know, um, it's not a place where you can go and negotiate on cars. It's just to go out there and have a look at the cars and um, ask car experts, not the other expert that Alan was talking about, car experts questions about cars and uh, take them for test drives and apparently a way to buy cars that's a bit different to the way cars are bought today. I'm not sure how successful that model will be, but it's, it's happening. They've launched yep. in Sydney, and I think they have plans to launch in Melbourne as well. Be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I mean, if you if you really want to take a take car for test drive, just go to Auto Centro down here in Essendon. Like they got like you know mm. Essendon Fields, they got every car manufacturer. So just 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 I mean, the experts are pretty much the the people that sell the car know they should know all about the car. So yeah. I guess it's kind of don't really know what you know uh, you know I, I guess you can kind of shop between those cars are easier but you, know, you can go down to your, you go down to there and you can you can have a better better a real better look but that's i think it might be a case where people aren't getting that kind of experience anymore from their local dealerships yeah, true. where they're told put a deposit down or get out basically yeah um and that's you know for a person that like i said i knew i wanted the sti i was going to take the sti regardless and fortunately for me, it's a car that's basically been the same. <laughs> like it looks outwardly different, but it's basically the same car, you know, underneath that it's been for like the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew what I was getting into. But if I was getting into something like a Kia Stinger, I definitely would want to take that for a test drive. And I don't know whether it's because of the way I am, but our, our good friends, the Berries, have also experienced similar issues mm-hmm. where they're not that keen on talking to you or giving you a test drive. They're more like put a deposit down on something and then we'll get you a car. And if people aren't getting that experience, I think they're, they're going to look elsewhere and this, this might come in to help. And it'd be yeah. interesting to see. Um, I think, Alan, you're right that there are issues around 
you know, uh, people of uh, different skin complexions trying to drive an I-30N. You know, I got real world experience there. But as Maddie was saying earlier, there are larger dealership hubs now. So Essendon Fields being one. Brisbane, they're actually thinking about opening up probably the biggest auto mart, they call it, um, next to Brisbane Airport, where they'll have like 35-odd brands in one place. And they're going to have a go-kart track around this as well. I'm not sure how far it is into construction, but that's what they're planning on doing. Um, You're right about, Alum, you're right about having cars like Stingers and stuff to be able to test drive and without the pressure and everything else. But it would be interesting to see how you actually do that in a retail shop front um, with, let's say, you know, even 20 20 SUVs or 20 cars, because they'll be keeping cars that most people in the mass market want. Mm. Not so much the cars that us enthusiasts would like to one day be able to drive. Um, so I think for most of us, and I, I may be wrong, I haven't seen what cars they've got at the moment, but, you know, it's a very expensive exercise for, I'm not really sure for what reward. Yeah, like, I'm trying to think of how they're going to get, how they would get funding to do that, because they've, they've got quite a big space in, in a shopping center. Yeah, um, I think it would be a bit of, all the manufacturers sort of chipping in into a little bit of that as well. But I can't imagine them having a lot of marketing budgets to be able to spend on an external third parties um, retail shop front. But I suspect, you know, this is the other thing that's a bit of a hush hush about six months ago, the car expert team raised $3 million in funding. Wow. So I don't know how much of that has gone towards this, but, you know, look, it's a different offering. It's a little bit, it's a little bit unique. I don't know how different it is to dealerships having pop-up stands in shopping centers. Yeah. But that's sort of, that's sort of where the retail side of things is happening at the moment on, you know, the, the slight changes in the retail industry of cars but it's predominantly new cars. No, like it's it's an interesting concept. <clears throat> I was just thinking, that, like, how's this going to work on both fronts for the dealership and for the you know, and for the, the guys running um, Car Expert? But our dealers course, aren't happy. I've, I've bounced it past a couple of different dealership contacts I have, and their well, their general comment is. Are car experts really experts or just opinionated journalists? Yeah. But I don't know. It's just people in the industry are not overly happy with it. Mm. But uh, car dealers experts are just experts in sipping coffee and smoking cigarettes. Well, and there's that yeah. as well. There's both sides of the story. Exactly right. Um, Clint's like in regards to the the, the charging places, uh, people start smoking again, they'll, they'll punch a ciggy while all the car charges. <laughs> so uh, I think I think you got a good point there, Clint. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting that this this new model, and it'll, it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see to see where it goes and, and how it, I guess, takes off. Because if they're planning to do it here in Melbourne as well, 
Um, I'm definitely keen to go have a look. I'm definitely keen to go suss that out and, and mm. see what's going on. I, I, I might even, if I'm in Sydney at some point, just just duck my head and say, oh, let's see, what, have a look at this, how this is going and and see. But it's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting concept. It's, it's, it's a different way of doing things. Mm. Car updates, gentlemen. We're going to get some car updates before we get into uh, Car of the Week. Rizzy Ross. Nothing major on my front, man, but one thing that... I did have to sort of navigate through and we spoke about it a couple of months ago was insurance. It was due again. And I've been with the RACV and insurance costs just blow my mind as to how different they are. Oh, yeah. so, you know, RACV sent me the renewal, full comprehensive. I think it was up by like 50 bucks compared to last year or whatever, which doesn't bother me. But then I thought just to double check, I'll just do a quick quote with Amy and 400 bucks the difference like 400 dollars more oh. with amy yeah. than it was with racv and i know everyone has different experiences when it comes to insurances and how long they've been with the company and whatever else and then all i wanted to do was add on uh, windscreen protection which we've spoken about before and how expensive it is for new cars RACV was another 90 odd dollars, but I was on the phone with three different departments and nobody could tell me if the calibration of the camera was covered or not. Well, but in their product disclosure statement, it says, Oh, we will replace it if it cannot be fixed. I don't know what that means, but $90 with no excess. um, Otherwise it's $700 excess to be able to get, you know, get a windscreen replaced, which might be 15 or 100 bucks if it's that's got more. the calibration. Yeah. So that's that's the only thing, but just, you know, a bit of insight, 400 bucks difference between just two insurance companies. It's crazy. I was looking a while ago and just seeing, just seeing some of the differences in price and, and some won't even, some won't even insure you. Um, so, uh, Alex is like, I miss Just Car. is Just Car Insurance. They were just Amy, right? Yeah, they were. They were um, mm. a. They were like un, they were written underwritten by the SunCorp Group, which is which is which is Amy and all those other big big yeah. ones. Um, I think the, the main two are SunCorp and IAG, right? IAG is another. Yeah, IAG is the big one. Insurance <laughs> Australia Group. Yeah, um, so so there's them and then there's SunCorp and. Um, so yeah, they, they were pretty good because like they allowed modifications and, and and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's getting hard to find that for reasonable money. They were like I I was with Shannon's for a long time, <clears throat> but they just like price wise were just getting out of out of control. So uh, I I went on on um, Ed's recommendation at Lumley, and yeah, I haven't. They seem to be okay. So, uh, but uh, we'll see how they go. Um, what sort of do you have them as full comprehensive with some of your cars, Matty? Well, uh, all my club cars are full comp, and I pay not a lot of money uh, a month. <laughs> so yeah, it's actually right. pretty, pretty good. Right, and you know, I, full comp these days. I don't know what it's like for performance cars, but normal cars for people sort of our age, um, we're still looking at you know around well, $800, $1,200 a year. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. Mm. <clears throat> I mean, for, the, for like the Forest, because it's my daily 
that's that's uh i mean long for like special cars and like you yeah, know yeah. Like, so like they're not i mean they, they do do your daily as well but like um uh i kept my daily with uh with who's it with double ami Miami, and i think i'm paying just under a grand <clears throat> full comp but it's it's not insured for much that's the only issue because it's you know it's an old forest anyhow mm. so yeah it's interesting uh car um insurance has always been a real iffy point for me uh because like you feel like you'll, you'll get screwed but you also feel like um you kind of have to and sometimes you just have no other choice that because some people just won't insure you period so. that's the whole point man i think it's the fact that um there's not many other options and you have to be insured with someone yeah. you just hope when you need them they're sort of there not just all the you know I don't know what I can and can't say on this show, but bullshit claims that they make about, you know, they'll be there for you, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, they're in it to make money. And I think most people, what most people don't know is the cost to acquire a customer for an insurance company is between 500 to $800 in Australia, just to acquire a customer. So they, they aim to get the customer and then hoping that they will be with them for three, four years so they can recover that cost plus make money on the rest of it. That's why it's just so expensive. That's another thing that is to get, uh, have a look, have another look at because it's, it's one of those things that's just, you know. And, and, you know, just to sort of end that little topic, a day later, I get an email in from Amy oh, get another $100 off your quote. I'm like, well, why couldn't you give me that, you know, when I did the quote? Anyway. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. Alan, how you doing? Cars? The SCI to driving fine. Yeah, don't expect any trouble with it. Did I do something with it? Anything fun? I did go do a mountain climb up Mount Ainsley again. And boy, does it get fun. It feels very, very planted when you actually get into it. Yeah. Like the the drive to and from uni and mm. stuff and groceries, I'm always in here. The good old um, intelligent mode. So not experiencing much of what the car has to offer. But occasionally, you yeah, just give it the beans and have a bit of fun. Um, yeah. I was uh, just at a drive-thru earlier today and some young kids, they were yelling something. And I, didn't, I looked behind me and they're doing this through the... Um, the, or doing this through the the, the, the rear view mirror. I'm like, what's? I understood. I was like, they wanted me to rev the engine, <laughs> and um, that that gave me a bit of a, a bit of a smile. And I, and I could uh, give them a bit of a rev. We're in like an uh, underground little area, so I think they appreciated that. And I think one thing this actually happened a few weeks back. Um, I was just going to get some groceries, and went back to the car, and a very very old couple. They would have been about mid-70s I reckon they're both eyeing off my car as they're walking through and they're like quite kind of almost excited to see it Ooh. and they're just trying to figure out what it is and they see it and she's like oh it's a Subaru and you know I said to myself I'm like it's an STI thank you no but um it did make me kind of it, it did put a smile on my face that they um kind of they saw the car and recognized it as not just your everyday car um uh, I'm sure the wing had something to do with that. Uh, and just, yeah, put a little smile on my face. And I'm like, oh, this is something something else. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not much, but 
you know, she makes me happy. That's it. I mean, the, the wing does stand out. Just, just putting it out there. It does. Mark's like, hey, guys, love the, love the talk. Yeah, uh, thank you, Mark. Thanks for jumping on. And Clint's jumping, jumping with. He's quite happy with Shannon's. He pays just over $130 per month. Full comp on four cars, two dailies, mm. and two club permits. Not, not too wow, bad. That's pretty good. That's yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Um, I'll have to shop around again once it comes to the mid year when I kind of pay, renew my, my permits and stuff. So we'll see how we go there and then. Car of the week time, gentlemen. This is where mm. we all find a car in the classifieds. Uh, find the $10,000. Can be anywhere in Australia. And we battle it out to see who's got the best car. We then choose who's got the best version, who's got the best car of it. Um, <clears throat> who would like to go first on uh, today's today's uh, episode? Now, um, Rizzy Ross has, has sent me his. Do you want me to share my screen, Riz? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Rizzy Ross, what have we got here? It, it looks like it, this particular car might have been at an auto salon it looks good now it's a daihatsu charade look where it is is that the king street entrance the crowd it is the king street just... it is it is now what other vehicle would a high roller be driving <laughs> but one of these now when i say high rollers i mean before crown got caught for money laundering and other things <laughs> this is this is the vehicle of choice it's only done about 50 or 1,000 Ks. It's got no it. interiors. Where's the interior going? Uh, it, it, when you, it's all to keep the money in, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, as you're heading to Crown. Yeah, it's a pretty cool little car. Um, like I said, done 50 or 1,000 kilometers. Um, obviously, it's been painted and it runs fine. No issues at all. Regio Roadworthy. Five, nearly five grand might be a bit too much, but at the same time, there's probably not many of these around in that sort of kilometer range. And um, yeah, good little fun car. Um, you'll probably get away with, you know, offering him under four. Um, I can't imagine too many buyers for it, but they're pretty fun. That's a, that's a Japanese import, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Never really launched here. Like that's Charade Centro. Like I've, I've never seen one of these before. So it is a, it's a description is selling my Daihatsu, a very rare find L500 series Daihatsu Mira. And they traveled five fifty thousand 50,000 Ks, very fuel efficient with a 660cc. So, so it's a, it's a legit K car. There is, this is actually looks, this is cool. Super easy to find parking in the city with uh, car runs and drives. Most recent done January, 2021 at 50, Speedy's has been his for the past few months, only because he's purchased another car. If you're a Daihatsu enthusiast, you will know why people are obsessed with them. We'll come mm-hmm. with the and Roadworthy. It's from Sun in Carlton. Uh, it's actually, it's got the full Japanese plate. And that, that reminds me, Alan, did you get those plates on your car yet or what? I got the plates at home, but I did not have time to put them on. Oh. <laughs> this time, this time, I'll be back. And the, the, the other thing was, um, I want to make sure that I ended up getting uh, the, uh, what do you want to call them, one-way screws or tamper-proof screws, um, just because uh, the last thing I want is to be losing a Victorian Japanese plate in Canberra. Uh-huh. 
I like it, Riz. It's very clean. Like part of the week. Without seats, of course. Without seats, obviously. So you'll be driving on a, on a on hopes and dreams. <laughs> Alan, you can share. You can go next. Um, I have also sent my car to you, sir. Just the good old marketplace where... <laughs> I, I saw this car the other day. All right. All right. All right. So... All right, ladies. Ladies and gentlemen. We have, will you kindly share it, Maddie? We have a one of a kind 1991 huh. Nissan, Nissan Ventara. Yeah. TRX. Uh, TRX, yes. Um, it is priced for princely sum of a $5,000 dues. It is way, it looks, photo wise, apart from that, you know, bumper there, overall looks relatively clean. It does. Like a reasonable amount of Ks for its age. Yeah, it looks in good condition. Apparently, it runs and drives just fine. Uh, and I'm sure you can talk the guy down to 4,500. And that would be a lovely little uh, car with the 2.5-inch exhaust uh-huh. and aftermarket headers. I like so, it. It's got, yeah. it's got low for the age, second owner, runs and drives perfectly. TRX was the top of the range, like a sports model. So it had revised suspension and, and like had bucket seats and, and, and so all sorts of... And it had a really cool body kit too, these. Mm. Uh, very straight... Uh, Original number plates still still on the car, so it's got the original garden plate plate. So I'd say this is a quite an original uh, car. But this is front wheel drive, yeah. They are, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were also the Bluebirds, weren't they? Uh, no, the, they were sold alongside the Bluebirds. So the Mentara yeah. was like the smaller Skyline, if that makes right, sense. Right, yeah, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, they're, they're, it's it's a cool car. This is a very cool car. I, I was actually I actually saw this earlier in the week. I was like, well, let's make a great car of the week, uh, being a Pintara TRX, because you, you don't see them anymore. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure the only color that came in was white. Like, I, I haven't seen a Pintara TRX that come in any other color besides white. I've rarely seen a Pintara, so I can tell you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I just picked that car out like about 30 seconds before we started. So I think <laughs> before we started Car of the Week, that is, not before we started the show. Um, yeah, so you better respect that choice. Excuses, excuses. <laughs> Clint's like high roller, all right. To you, Riz, look at that ground clearance, he's very high. Um, and then for <laughs> yours, Alan, oofed solid on the TRX. But, gentlemen, prepare to lose. Um, prepare to be blown away by Maddie's potential mobile. <laughs> you know, you know, all about the potential, right? So, <clears throat> my car is a little bit more expensive than your, than your two, oh. and yes. You need Already to losing at, points. <laughs> you need to you need to look at the potential. But my car is a hot hatch from the nineties. Now, if you think of hot hatches from the nineties, what are you thinking, guys? Honda Civic, bro. Yeah, yeah, yes. the VTIRs and stuff. Yeah, what else? Triple S, some Renaults, some Renaults. Yeah. Everybody forgets. The TX3 Turbo four wheel <laughs> drive, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. So look at the license plate that's on the car currently. It says sex instructor, first lesson free. You know you're buying a quality car when you see that on the <laughs> jeez. On the uh on the thing. Okay, look, it's the paint's pretty how you going, but it's a genuine TX3 four-wheel drive. The whole car's how you going, Maddie. Yes, it is, it is how you going, but it's a genuine TX3 turbo four-wheel drive. This is a very rare car these days. It's a, K, it's a KF. 
So it's one of the first of this shape. Um, I don't know why they've painted the cluster and put the red, the, the white dials. Um, but the rest of the interior looks pretty good. I don't know how he winds up his windows though, because he he's taken off the the window one uh, rounds. But go to the records, couple bucks, you'll, you'll sort it. Doesn't matter. Uh, it looks like there's some engine parts in it, but we'll skip over that. Throw over seat cover. He's had some hectic speakers put in at some point with some with some tweeters. Original strap brace. Looks to be all original underneath there. <clears throat> it comes with new parts, uh, which I'll get to in a second. He's even got the red striping to go around the car, which is which is quite a hard bit to find. So that's an original bit. Uh, repair manuals, Tommy, brand new Tommy belt kit for it. But it says here, <clears throat> up for sale is my 1990 TX3 Turbo 4-wheel drive. Originally a Tasmanian car. Uh, was bought as a project, but a tough time has forced my, my hand to the selling. Comes with a heap of brand new parts, water pump in box, Tommy belt in box, master cylinder in new in box, front strut tops in box, new edition coil in box, front and rear crank seals new in box. He's got 17 by 7 multi-fit plus, four, plus 40 multi-point. Uh, sorry, multi-fit wheels, a full set. And um, he's also got another set of 17s, which he's got three of. And he's got an odd 15-inch wheel. I don't know why he'd want that. And he's, plus he's got the original wheel 14-inch wheels, which would which would make this car quite a bit better. So if I had the original wheels, I would. 7,500 bucks. These for in, these Mint go for like over 10 or 15 grand now. I don't think I mean it's got all, it looks to be all the parts there to make this into actually a mint car. So once you look over the the sex instructor license plate and once you look over the <laughs> the, the, the now this, this, just before you continue, the fact that there's half the car in boxes, <laughs> um, and there's nothing written there. Does this car currently run? <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to call him and ask him, but I'm assuming it does because it's a laser. Like, you can't kill a laser. You know that. You know that. I, yeah, I'm just like your laser was not out of commission with a blown engine. Um, <laughs> you know, at our mechanics place. Yes. yes. I, I just, I have questions. Just, it was a project car, a lot of items in boxes. I don't think this car runs. And he's got the gold R7500 for it. <laughs> but it's a taxi turbo four drive, Alan. You don't see them anymore, mate. It is a box of parts <laughs> <laughs> and a project car, Maddie. So, but well, I appreciate a... your enthusiasm and your look for the potential. I don't know. It's all about the potential. All about the potential. Got some comments on that one. Alex is like, does it come with a spare gearbox? Probably should because all those gearboxes just broke, especially the four-wheel drive ones. Uh, you've got to need it, as he said. Uh, NAL Turbo, clean. it's a turbo one. Uh, Toby said, best car less than three years old that you can buy for under 14K. We'll get to we'll get to your question in a second, Toby, uh, once we've decided who's got the best car for, for car of the week for this evening. So, gentlemen, what's it going to be? Who's got uh, the best car this evening? Pintara. Pintara? Hmm. Alan? Well, at this point, I think I win it because I'm also going Pintara. You're a flog. You are a flog. The Daihatsu was a close, close second. I'll give well, it that. Better than the TX3 Turbo Full Wheel Drive. Get out of here, mate. Yes. Uh, yes. Dude, if, it because it was. TX3, if it wasn't for a TX3 Turbo Full Wheel Drive, there would, there would be no WRX. There would be no STI. There would be no Evo. <laughs> Look, I used to own a laser. I love those cars, but yeah, just not not that one because I think 
<laughs> I wonder if they I wonder if the the seller said that they've also got a spare gear knob given the number plates I'm not really sure what the last one was used for <laughs> uh, yeah I I agree Yes, Alex, you, you are correct. The, the Mazda Familia came first, especially in the GTX uh, back in the in the eighties. Um, they they did they did come first. Same shell, same car, pretty much same same running gear. But um, I love those cars. I'm sticking with my laser. It doesn't matter. I, I'm not going to win, but I guarantee you it runs. Hopefully, and Jared, I'm a cold guy now at this point. <laughs> Have you issued a refraction? <laughs> But to junior takes me turbo four wheel drive, so seventy five hundred bucks. Come at me, I win. Oh, actually, no, you win, Alan. I'll, I'll tell you that you win. Well done. You get the you get the cheese. Uh, you get the cheese. I'll, Thank you, I'll, sir. Thank you. I'll happily pay you for that one. See what it runs. Hang on a second. <clears throat> so well done. We're gonna get to Toby's question, uh, which was best uh, car for under forty k three years old. What would you go for? Under 40k or 14k? 40. 40. Four, 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 zero. Four, zero. Oh. Okay. Get mm. yourself a used WRX, Sonny. What's he going to say? I knew you were going to say that. Um, Forrester. Forrester? Yeah. Well, it depends. If you're looking for something performance oriented, then I don't know what three year old Mustangs go for. Uh, they're going up in price due to COVID time. Definitely, yeah, definitely not uh, enough. For some reason, they like for the first, I'm going to say like three years at least, they seem to hold exactly the, the sale value. That's because you have to wait six months to get one. Yeah. Um, it's, similar, it's a similar curse to, I'd say, um, the GT86s. They're finally, I think, if we ignore the, the COVID pricing and everything else, they're finally a reasonable price when you get one that's like, you know, uh, 2014, 2015. Um, otherwise, people were just expecting basically close to brand new prices, maybe five grand less for cars that are you know solidly used, which I found to be weird. Because um, I think those cars, again, buying a brand new one, mm, I probably wouldn't do it. But a used car for something nice, you know, quick, agile, and real drive, it's it's a it's a bit hard to beat. Yeah. Mm. Clint says hybrid Rav4. Can you get them for the forty grand these days? Uh, um, not the top of the range one, but I think the sort of the base model hybrid you can get for under, well, just just a bit over forty grand. Um, I mean, in the SUV market, there's lots lots of options. Um, just depends on what you're after. Like you can get a base model for it, well, mid range Forester for around forty grand, brand new. Okay. Clint's also like Gia Yaris with uh, Comin and Nostos. You know, the, the, uh, <laughs> I mean, yes, because you could buy them brand new for 35 grand for the people that took a punt. I think that is probably the most epic car to come out in the, in the last two years. Mm. I would highly rate that car. But I also think there's other cars there that are, that, are, that are pretty good as well. I did see some Focus RS dip below 40 grand at some points, but they're mm. back over... For, Excuse me, forty grand right now. The i thirty N sedan is a, 
yeah, the fastback. It's just a bit over 40, but I'm sure you can find some dealer demos um, around the country for around that much. And they're a unique sort of car. Fiesta ST for me, that car is phenomenal. Yeah. So good. About so far above it, above its its weight. I was reading uh, Motors Performance Car of the Year out of the 10 cars, and it was in some pretty stiff competition. It came fourth, which is pretty impressive considering it was the cheapest car, slowest car, but everyone says it was the most fun. It even beat the GA Yaris, which was really surprising, um, which I was like, that's quite astonishing that that car did. But they said the GA Yaris, they're waiting for the update with the uh, the uh, high-tech diffs that'll make it handle that bit better. And they said then it should be a, a force to be reckoned with. But yeah, definitely for me, Ford Fiesta ST, that's that's where it's at. It's such a good little car. Really, really mm. like it. Yeah. Uh, big fan of it. Big, big fan of it. So yeah, that's... I'm just trying to think what, what other new cars fund the 40 grand for the last three years. Like, there really isn't much anymore, is there? Like, like that's that's something decent. Um, that that'd be a bit more fun for us to drive. If we're talking just standard cars, yeah, probably a Forester or probably, uh, a, yeah, like the, the current the current Corolla is a good looking car. I really like the yeah. current Corolla. Definitely think that that's that's a good option. Stingers, can you get a Stinger GT for under forty grand second hand? Oh, uh, um, no. They're they still. There's not many around, and I think brand new, about 65. Yeah. Um, I think a couple of years old as well with COVID and everything. They're quite high. Uh, they'd be probably mid, early to mid-50s. Alex is like, aren't GIRS is 50K? <laughs> they are now. <laughs> yeah. When they first announced them, they said, yep, 35 grand, and people went and just put the pauses without even seeing the car. They, they don't even know. It was, they knew it was going to be released, but didn't know what. And then as soon as they, the details came out about it, they're like, not these cars. Right. And the, the, uh, the hype and, and everything that dealers increased the price to 50 grand. And, but the, there's those lucky SOBs that managed to get them for 35 grand. Cause they've signed a contract and they, they owned that price. I'm very jealous. <laughs> Because you got probably one of the best freaking cars in the world mm. for for thirty five grand. They are very, 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 very lucky. Riz, you got to go. We, I know you got to go, man. So we'll, we'll we'll let you we'll let you head off. But um, great to chat with you, dude. And we'll see you next Sunday. Likewise, great to have Sunday kickbacks back. Thanks see you later, sure. guys. Take it easy, my dude. Later. Yaris GR or WXSTI, Alan. What would you take? <sighs> hmm. Wait, do STR or just WRX? STR, because I know you're gonna like if you if you before you bought your STI, and and the GR Yaris was out, and you could have the option. I'd still take the STI. Yeah. Like I think I think GR Yaris is like seeing it being used on roads and stuff, uh, like a few different things. It it, it is a pretty sick car, no yeah. doubt. I think to live with every day, it may be a little tricky like i like having yes subarus have had their problems but also like those problems can be mitigated and managed with you know proper maintenance not pushing the car too far beyond what it's designed for you know that kind of thing um i know i can get once the warranty is out attuned for about 276 kilowatts odd you know and be happy with that uh the rsg i think one of the most recent videos i've seen was a blown engine 
um, because obviously people have been tinkering with them. Um, just being on that new platform, not knowing where the limit is, that kind of thing. Um, you know, you are, I think there's a reason why those people got, you know, their 35 grand kind of things is they're the test pilots. What goes down, you know, what the, the problems that are going to have, the, the car's going to have, that kind of thing. And are they going to continue actually making these? Yeah. Because if, if they're for, you know, homologation purposes, I'm like, the again, the aftermarket support that I can enjoy with the STI is massive. Um, like, I can order, you know, I'm thinking about some parts here and there. But generally, the aftermarket support, thanks to cars being sold in the States and everything else, and it being basically very much the final, I guess, design of this uh, VA variant. Like, I, I can get, like, all the, all the parts I want, whereas, with, again, with this Yaris, given the amount of figures of how much, how many cars will be built and sold, I don't know how much you're going to get. I think it's very much uh, a la carte or, you know, you, you got a tuner if you want tunes and stuff, and they got to kind of practice with the car and go at it. And I don't want to be the first test dummy for that kind of stuff. So for a car that I can live with as a daily, I think the STI was a better choice. If I had the money for just, you know, a car that I wanted purely just for taking up maybe, you know, some mountains and having a bit of zippy fun with, probably, yeah, the RSGR. It's like, interesting because, like, it's a it's a legit homologated race car like that you can buy for the street and we they don't exist anymore like it's 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 not like the mid nineties where every you know Group C rally car was like you know you just know, Celica GT fours and and your your Delta Integrales your Escort Cosworths your WRX STIs you know they were like they were made for a purpose that they had to be sold to the public like it's been a long time since we've had homologation you know cars here but I totally get what you're saying because like it's a whole new platform. Like this is a brand new car and you've got to think though too, it's only a 1.5 liter. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is, it is all drive. It is manual. It's, it, and it's probably 200 kilowatts from the 1.5. Uh, You'd have to think that's, that has yeah. to be so stressed that mode. All right. Like, yeah. Like it is, I feel it's at its limit already in terms of what it's going to, what it's going to give you. So it's a little worrying, but I mean, if they, they, obviously they, they seem to be running. Okay. I would like to watch the, the rest of that video of like the blown engine, see what happened. Was it a case of they're trying to pump more power out of the car or was it a case of, I'd say, <sighs> bad driving? Because I, I like obviously engines have weaknesses and everything else, but I definitely think the way you treat the car definitely will always have an impact on how you, how much, I guess, you're going to get out of it or how reliant the car will be. Uh, I completely agree. Again, it's just a worry because like all these current new engines, like even with the Fiesta ST, like that's that was, uh, you know, it, it, the, the new ones are three cylinder, and I think they've gone to one point five as well. I think I think, no, actually, I think the 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 RSG has a one point six from memory, uh, but basically, yeah, they've they've downsized, same power output, but like, geez, it's you're running less a less cylinder, and you know, you think that it's mechanically not going to last as long as a bigger engine, like it's just. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. I definitely agree because, like, I'm sure there's always the plenty of advancement to be made in engine efficiency, that kind of thing. But it seems that the way they're just getting the extra power out of these cars is just pushing everything, like boosting them up more, yeah. uh, a little more fuel. Just yeah, just really pushing those cylinders rather than actually, I guess, finding you know, if for example we were to have like free valve technology or something. Where you're actually getting that 25 to 30% boost in actual power production. That's where it's like, okay, I feel completely safe with them downsizing the engine. 
because they've genuinely got a new sense of technology that's, I guess, alleviating um, some of the bottlenecks that we had before. But right now, it seems push more boost, push more fuel. Uh, I don't feel comfortable with that idea. Yeah. Uh, Clint's like, it was supposedly it was an over rev. Uh, so, in other words, it probably, probably was the money shift. <laughs> did, did you see that like uh bloody blowing up and revving up 12 miles did you see that jeep that that was it the jeep wrangler that was towed it on the back of their rv or whatever it was and they left it in in four in four low so th- the mechanic did some math and estimated that the engine spun at fifty thousand rpm and just it just blew it all to pieces <laughs> They, they towed it in gear. So they, oh, oh, oh. So, Why would you not put the car in neutral when you? T- yeah, like a lot of us, a lot of cars, especially that are like all drive. I know. Um, I'm pretty sure for the the WRX and stuff, you're not even supposed to tow it with like the back wheels and the uh, on the ground. I think you're supposed to have all wheels off. <sighs> left and four low. Oh, just, well, left and four low, and. The transfer case was just ex- exploded. The whole back end of the block was exploded. Like the crank was was fused, and uh, it was it was an absolute mess. Because like the car looks fine, but now it's it's mechanically totaled. Like like it's they they took because it's a brand it was a brand new car too. They took it back to um to the Jeep dealership. Imagine as soon as they put on the hoist, they're like, oh, my car's all starting. Can you have a look at it? <laughs> so this was this was just them getting like a tour of friends or something, or. No, they, they were towing it behind their RV because they were, because they were you know traveling around or whatever it was. Um, uh, okay, so this is this is purely user error, not like oh yeah, relying on a professional. Yeah. No, it's 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 there. There is stupidity of leaving it in, in full low. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll find you the link, and I just saw the devastation, and like they got quoted at like thirty five grand for a new engine transfer case and all that stuff, US as well. And I'm like, this is I'm like, I'm like I I actually felt bad for that that poor jeep i'm like i mean most cars are like six thousand rpm so yeah the the um the mechanic the head mechanic that was looking at it, it did did some like napkin math of the ratio how fast it can go at that ratio in that gear and he's like he estimated that it would have spun to fifty thousand rpm before going bang if not beforehand but um clint's like that takes the cake. Imagine being behind it and seeing that happen. So just seeing the engine just, just like pouring out. But the fact is that they kept driving at the people. So you know they they they, they kept they kept towing it and they flat towed it. Like I I wouldn't flat tow anything really. Like it's just it's too that's that's just too dangerous. Uh, just <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I guess they learned the lesson. It's an expensive lesson to learn. But uh, maybe they won't do it in the future. Maybe. Yeah, just, you never know. I'll, I'll, I'll get. A, it was a brand new car. I'll send you the. I'll send you the link. But it was. You, you, you'll piss yourself. It's, it's just. It was just. It's, it's destroyed, mechanically, oh. utterly. Just, just nothing left of it. It was insane. Um. So there you go. That's. Uh. Not even Formula One cars were that hard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, uh, Clint shared shared the link um, on our on our Facebook page. The RV driver annihilates their new Jeep Wrangler by flat towing it. <laughs> so, 
have a read through there, people, and and uh, yeah, see see what that takes. But getting back onto onto current cars, I mean, with with the way performance is now, you know, everything's smaller engined, um, smaller engine and and uh, and you know extra boost and pumping more power and more boost into, into it. Um, you have to think that are these cars going to last the distance? Like, are they going to be like, uh, you know, for example, a, uh, like a WRX from you know, 20 years from now, like, like, uh, are they, are they going to, to, to have that ability to keep going or will they just be all after five years? Just they're, they're just knackered, like completely stuffed and just chuck them away and get another one. <laughs> I think it's just going to be like, again, I, I, driving properly and, maintenance probably are your biggest factors that you just have to make sure that you're there at the dealership every six months or your mechanic every six months getting that all changed you don't rev the car out at all when it's cold um and you have to be super super careful with them i feel given that i feel everything's got to be probably like the tightest tolerances and, and like stretched to the limit already that there's no room for that kind of extra how you going sort of behavior yeah and, you know, like, we're all guilty of it. You, you know, get up against the bug eye WRX, you got to teach them a lesson, you know, revving it out when it's a bit colder, that kind of thing. It's, it happens. So I'd rather have a car, again, that's got a little bit more of that kind of um, safety built in. Um, yeah, no, I, it's just, it's I, pretty crazy. I, I agree with you there. Um, just uh, <laughs> Andrew's like, is there a video? Uh, there's, a, I think, there's a video of, of a mechanic talking about it, but I, I didn't see it explode. But it was, it was cooked. And Clint's like, yeah, he 100% agrees with you, Alan. Like, there has to be some sort of, you know, good maintenance. I mean, I mean, you'd think, but like for example, the Yaris GR, they abuse the crap out of these cars. It's, it's, it's a homologated car. Like they abuse the, the living shit out of them. And you, and you'd think that, as a company, they would before selling it to, to to the public would have done real world testing. But again, real world testing is different to how they test their cars too. Yeah. Yeah. So like they, they don't go through the Brazilian heat cycles that, that normal people do here, like where the plastic expands and that's why BMW cooling systems only last a hundred thousand case, you know, like they, they don't go through those, those kind of um, challenges like, like that, like the way that we do uh, in, in everyday, in everyday life. Um, um, I was going to say, I think it was uh, a couple days ago, or Tyrone mentioned it, where the good friend of the show, Tyrone, he put up a post of Victoria was going to start charging electric car owners a fee, basically depending on how many kilometers they drove. Yeah. And obviously that was like everyone uh, believes that that'll, well, one, kind of partly ruin the market for electric cars. And I think, I don't think it'll ruin it. It may stifle it a little bit, but at the same time, I think it's necessary. I think very much necessary given that we're getting a larger proportion of electrical cars, you know, in the market, people are buying them. And we've got the petrol cars that are basically paying the road usage tax through petrol or diesel. Like uh, there's, Obviously, a certain amount of uh, the the cost of fuel is dedicated to road use tax. Yeah, and that's what we fund our kind of road projects and everything everything else through. So, 
an electric car doesn't pay that at all. They use the car equally. And realistically speaking, paying that tax through petrol has always been, I feel, um, unequal very much in terms of if you have an older car that's naturally less fuel efficient, you may be using the road less, but just because your car is using more fuel, you're paying proportionally more to um, for for your, I guess, share of road use. Whereas if you've got, you know, a brand new car that sips, you know, five liters per hundred Ks, but you're driving 20, 30,000 Ks a year, your overall payment, because again, you're paying through fuel, isn't, I, I feel, equal to how much you're using the roads. So you say that, but then again, it's the choice of what car you buy, right? So <clears throat> I, let's say, for example, I go buy a 2016 Falcon XR8. Yeah. Supercharged 5-litre V8. It's my choice to buy a car that sips 18 litres per 100. You know? It, 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 it is your car. choice. To, that, that is fair. It is your choice to buy a car that sips 18 litres per 100. But it's not necessarily your choice that you can't afford a new one. So we just lost you there. What was that? I said it's it's not your choice to keep the car you've had for the last twenty years because you can't afford a new one. Mm. Those are the situations where, again, because you are, let's just say, a person is you know of a lower socioeconomic status, they are unfairly penalised by a road usage tax, which again doesn't actually accurately represent how much road usage they're partaking. It just represents their car's fuel efficiency because it's from an older time. And now you've got an electric car, which, you know, you're using the road as much as the rest of us, but because you're not pumping it full of petrol, you're not paying a road usage tax. You're not paying your fair share. Hmm. Um, and so if, if tomorrow, even though it wouldn't happen, if theoretically tomorrow every single person was to wake up and buy an electric car, the road usage tax would go to zero because no one's filling up petrol. Hmm. There's zero dollars to now repair and build roads with. So how so how how are they going to, going to uh, go so adjudicate this? It it it'll be like a, a flat rate um, of a certain amount of cents per kilometer traveled. So you would take a photo of your um, odometer at the end of the year, um, and then they would uh, add that to your next registration bill. I mean, but again, how are they going to adjudicate that? You could just you could just make that up. You could just like take a photo with like half the case. Well, I guess you yeah, could. So like- I mean, there's, like, there's, a, there's a few loopholes in that. Yeah, there's definitely a few loopholes. I think it would be a similar nature to um, uh, logbook checking yeah. for um, your uh, uh, your club permit cars, so that kind of scheme. So if you have filled out, like, again, if, if forging your odometer, I think it would be a bit difficult. Um, but it could be something done that either, let's just say you buy your cars through Tesla, um, Tesla reports your kilometers, you know, that may be a thing that they bring in through the, I guess if you're selling electric cars in Australia, you need to help your customers report kilometers. So they come into you once a year for you, their service, you then send us your kilometer, their kilometer status. That could be a thing. Um, there are, there are obviously ways to check these kind of things, but it's something of that nature has to be done. Obviously people are like, Oh, I know you're stifling electric car sales. And I'm like, well, okay, fine. You don't do that. Who's going to pay for the roads in 10 years? Mm. Is it going to be like that half, you know, percentage of the population that's poor to afford a brand new car? Uh, so you, are you going to bundle the, you know, what is likely? Because again, the wealthier population is the one buying electric cars. 
So you're going to bundle the poorest part of the population with the responsibility of paying for roads. And that seems to be quite unreasonable. Yeah, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. We've got a couple of comments. Uh, Andrew's like, his wife's triple S just clocked over 100,000 Ks, no issues so far, and it's got a smaller 1.6 turbo. Um, Clint's like, so because I'm driving a rotary, I own the roads. Yep, definitely, Clint. I agree with you there. <clears throat> he also says, but going by the road conditions in South Australia, they're doing stuff all. And Alex is like, how much of the money from rego slash fuel tax goes towards the roads? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, that is a good question. So I'm pretty sure general registration, I don't think it's anything. I'm pretty sure that your general registration isn't. I know, I know with our rego, Alan, it's like, was it 70% of that or 80% of that goes to the TAC, correct? Yeah. So, yeah, most of your rego is just TAC. Uh, it's just your insurance for uh, people on the roads. Um, let's bring up some fuel tax. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I agree with you, Alan. Like, so it's going to. Be, I think yeah, if if that if that's the case, with you know electric cars not paying it, not paying a cent, and people that own older cars and can't afford an electric car, having to pay for the road tax and 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 road repairs. I I think that's that's a fair that's a fair way to make everybody on equal terms. So we've got point four two cents per liter on unleaded petrol. As 0.427 per on diesel, um, 0.139 on LPG, and ethanol fuel is really low. Yeah, so like basically, what have we got? Less than a cent per liter, really. You're paying about half a cent, half a cent per liter of fuel in uh, fuel excise. Well, that's um, I thought it was a lot more than that because like like like. They keep saying, "Oh, the reason why the petrol prices are going, oh, the, the the road tax, the road tax, the road tax." But that's probably, that's probably one one of one of the um, fuel taxes. I don't think that's all of the fuel taxes. But that's not that goes towards the road, right? I believe so. But even if it is, let's just say, so I do ten thousand k's a year, uh, an average of ten liters per hundred k's. So that's about thousand liters times that by half a cent. Uh, that's not right, Doctor Allen. Quick maths. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> it is not working. I apologize. That's all right, but it it'd be a small amount. Like it wouldn't be. It would. You probably was paying like twenty bucks. Not even. You wouldn't even pay that uh, for for, the, for that whole thing. But everyone combined, I guess, adds up. Oh yeah, no, I, I agree with that. So, what are they implementing this by for the for the electric car users? I, I think it was more proposed than anything, and it's only Victoria. So, yeah, like, it'll probably, uh, probably take some time. I think it's going to basically add about 200 bucks a year to your registration. If you, if you have an electric car and you do about, you know, 10,000 Ks a year. And I think that's, that's roughly going to offset what you would, I think you're supposed to offset what you're going to pay for. Petrol. I may have done some bad maths. I apologize. We're trying to get some proper figures by the next show, which will be Tuesday. But basically, the, in a nutshell, like most of the most of the stuff we end up, you know, paying for, ends up going through these these sorts of things. So it's again, like I said, if everyone started driving electric cars, we'd have less and less money coming from that front, and eventually the government would implement that change anyway. Mm-hmm. I think the Victorian government's just trying to get ahead on it, and some people are arguing, well, that's going to reduce, you know, electric car sales and this and that. And I think, you know, like at this point. Electric cars are realistically the 
still, at least in Australia, I believe primarily the purchases of the upper middle wealth individuals. So if I have to pay a little more, is it the worst thing in the world? True. But then again, like as Riz was saying, all these, uh, you know, Kia and, and uh, Hyundai cars about to hit the market now. And especially with all the other companies, like I think even Ford, that's it. We're doing electric from here on in or from a certain date. That's how it's going to be. I'm, we're all going to have to, they're going to have to pay. It's going to be everybody. Okay. Happy pouring out E100 into our cars, you know, kicking and screaming. <laughs> Clean asks, what is the base registration cost per year for EV before the tax? So, because uh, they, they are cheaper, aren't they? Hybrid and electric car discounts, just $100. That's it? Yep. It's $100 off. Yeah, from your registration fee for having an electric car. Um, so here we go. Uh, from July 1st, uh, owners of fully electric cars in Victoria will pay 2.5 cents per kilometer. So again, yeah. if you're doing that, you know, we'll, we'll do an Australian average of, you know, 15,000 Ks per year. Yeah. That will get you an extra 375. 375 bucks a year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. So electric guys are going to be like, no, I don't want to drive today. It's going to cost me extra at the, uh, at the end of the year when I have to do my, have to do my rego. Yeah. And again, it, they've, they've said the same thing that I was discussing, that you uh, people are basically buying more and more electric cars. And essentially, they, we would get to a point that there's no revenue capacity for you know road management. So... <laughs> It's better to place it in beforehand than, you know, do it afterwards, but then there'll be a bigger uproar. So I'm sure there's still, like, there are still subsidies subsidies to buy electric cars, but it's just, I, I just, I, for me, I just consider it to be they're paying their fair share to use the roads. Yeah. And that's, you know, because there are still other benefits to owning an electric car. Naturally, your overall fuel cost is, I think, depending on how you drive, like 10 bucks a month. Uh, in terms of electricity, and if you've got solar panels and that kind of stuff, you can reduce it even more. Just, yeah, having having those kind of benefits and just the whole smugness of, oh, I an electric car, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Arguably, you can't put a price on that, but I'm, I think it's worth something. Uh, you know. Are you, you going to go electric when you have to? Look, the, the the main car I think I'll end up driving will probably be, if especially if you can self-drive, probably end up being electric. But I intend on holding on to some petrol-powered cars as long as I can, as long as I can. And I'm sure there will be, just like there is a, um, you know, uh, club-style registration for cars, there'll be some sort of system for historical purposes, again, driving petrol cars when we're, you know, in our 60s. And, you know, we'll scare the people around us because they're not used to hearing an engine roar. <laughs> uh, they'll be just used to... Clint says, so in South Australia, a four-cylinder is about $150 per quarter in regional areas, uh, regional addresses. So that's cheaper than here. Uh, I, I think, but again, in, in regional areas here as well, they, they do get cheaper registration, correct, Alan? They do, they do. But it, I, I guess it depends on how regional you end up going. We don't have any difference in like a, uh, a VA versus a four-cylinder, do we, in terms of our registrations? No. I, like obviously heavier vehicles end up 
getting much more expensive registrations. But yeah, like it, it would not make a difference between you know a three cylinder Yaris GL or a V twelve Lamborghini Aventador. I love that. It's Melbourne, Victoria. Get around it. That's it. I think we're out of time, Alan, for today. Yes, I think we might be. It was a good show. Good chat that's tonight, that's... discussion about uh, about this, and yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting to see where this goes in the future. That's for sure. Yeah, keeping people informed. Uh, we'll finish up on a car talk top tip. If you're flat towing a car, please put it in neutral, or just don't have, or don't do it in general. Yeah, like do not flat tow a car unless you know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> that's that's probably the best. <laughs> did, you, did you did you see the link on the Facebook page, Alan? Uh, not yet. Yeah, have a have a look uh, after the show. You'll piss yourself. Uh, Clint's like five hundred thirty dollars per year in South Australia for a four cylinder, so that's a fair bit cheaper than what I, I pay over here. And mm. uh, basically, so, I think we're at eight hundred bucks a year at this point. Yeah, we're just over eight hundred bucks a year. Uh, yeah. Alex is like lucky no one mentioned cyclists on tonight's show. <laughs> uh, where's, where's Tyrone with you need? But every time I'm in the car with Tyrone, because obviously you, got, you guys know if you listen to the show, he's he's back. He, he works quite long hours, so he's not able to get to the show as often as he could previously. But he's a truck driver, and mm-hmm. um, every time, without fail, whether he's in his, his Ranger or whether he's in his truck, and I've been with him in the truck and, and in, in the Ranger, just going for a drive. Every time, without fail bloody ta- uh, tax-free paying, getting away with using our roads for nothing, this, that, it, like, the you fool has a massive go. I, I love it. <laughs> it's so good. I'll be honest. The one thing I do agree with possibly is having bikes have registration. Not not at a significant cost, maybe like 20 bucks a year or something, just so they can be identified when they do, you know, dumb things on the road, because they definitely do. Well, I ride my bike on the road. Uh, I, I ride my pushy quite a lot, but I can see why he gets mad. It's it's uh, we're road users too. But yes, you are. But I think everybody should be. If we, if we're paying for fuel, they should be paying for for something as well. Uh, should be the same tax as EV. Yeah, that's that's a good point, Clint. That's a very good point. So the, again, it, it's the issue is how to regulate all this and, and how to and how to and how to say okay, how how can you pay? But see, for example, toll roads for for years. Uh, for absolutely years was if you had a motorbike or a scooter or something, you could go on the to- on the toll road and not pay at all. And now they've they've only in the last few years they've actually they've actually brought that in. on uh, if they if they're taking a toll road, they're gonna have to pay a toll. So yeah, it's there's you gotta get your slice of the cake, Alan. Gotta get your slice of the cake. Always gonna get a slice of the cake. Or in, in that taxes. Uh, or in there's, that there's no limit. Or in that Jeep's case, a, a slice of the crankshaft because it. <laughs> It's that straight up. <laughs> oh, you just go, go through the comments and find, that, find the devastation. It is just the, the, the imagery is just shocking. Like, it's just like, what the hell happened? But anyway, so Carly makes taking care of your car easier than ever. It is the best choice for running your diagnostics on your vehicle. Plus, it offers other functions like live parameters, used car checks, and even coding all in the one solution. With Carly, you can save up to 500 bucks a year thanks to its various maintenance functions and easily personalize your car by unlocking some hidden features, especially prevalent on Volkswagen and BMWs. You can use Carly on all car brands. All you need is an OBD2 port, so if your car's from 1996 onwards. Once you plug the Carly into the OBD2 
scanner and connect it with the easy-to-use Kali app on your phone, you're good to go. You can use the free version or uh, of the app or choose the paid annual license option with advanced features, many of which are not offered by other scanners. You can test the Kali OBD scanner risk-free for 14 days. Just go to mykali.com right now to get a 15% discount on all on the leading OBD scanner with the code MADDY15, M-A-T-T-Y-15, and you will get 15% off your next purchase. Thank you to Carly for sponsoring this show. You know, we, uh, we've been working hard for a number of years, and it's nice to have sponsors that have our back. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks again to Carly. Alan? Um, Sunrise Arcade, like I said, is on hiatus uh, until further notice. But if you are into conspiracies or <clears throat> into unexplained phenomenon, Stay tuned because uh, this Easter break, I think we'll be launching the first episode of our new podcast. New podcast is a different name. Got to keep it cryptic, you know. Uh-huh. But, uh, like I said, unexplained phenomenon, and uh, we delve into it. We shall, we shall see. Carloop.com.au, where our, our boy Riz is the, the founder of. He's helping you guys uh, look if you're looking for a new car or even secondhand cars to find the best price uh, on the market. Uh, he'll do the work for you. Really, really, really good service, isn't it? Yeah, and especially now that's getting harder and harder to negotiate with dealerships. You know, it's better to have somebody that's got your back rather than go out alone. I, I certainly, um, at this point, yeah, don't feel confident. Like I said, I did, I did not uh, negotiate for the SDR myself because, yeah, just uh, the deals I'm having a bar of it. So it's good to have, 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 have Riz have you back. Absolutely. He's, he's the man uh, saving people thousands of dollars every week. So give, give him a try, give him a listen and, and uh, you know, jump on a, a carloop.com.au. Car Talk with Manny J. If you miss any of our previous episodes, they're all up on Shout Engine, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasting apps. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review to Car Talk. If you miss any of our, uh, the episodes, they're all up on there. Check out our Facebook page, it's T-O-R-Q-U-E with the talk. Also check out our merch on our Teespring store. So just go to teespring.com, type in Car Talk store, or just try to type in on, on, or look on our Facebook page and the link is there. And you can access uh, all, our, all our range. We'll, we'll have more stuff coming up soon. Uh, but support the show that gives you all this free content. So buy a t-shirt, buy a sticker. Um, you know, all the money goes back into the show. We, you know, we, we do it for free. We give you all this free content. So it's good to have that support. Thank you, Alan. Thank you to all our listeners and commenters for tonight's show. And I will see you guys on the uh, on the Tuesday show for the for the live on radio. Take it easy, guys. Catch you later.